Amen, amen. Thank you for leading us this morning, worship team. We were blessed. And I know that Terry Babby is going to sleep better tonight if I say that it's June that, uh, that Terry Norris is coming, not July. Uh, you can come in July. He might not be here, but you can come. So June 12th, 10th, 12th, something like that, Terry? 10 to 12th, great, wonderful. Well, good morning, church. I hope you've had a good week. What a great morning, amen. Uh, sun shining, summer warmth, we can feel it in the air. Open your Bibles to the book of Ruth, chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2. My message this morning is entitled, An Attitude of Gratitude, An Attitude of Gratitude. Uh, last week, I uh, mentioned that one of our family sayings was build and encourage, and a number of you came and said how you like that and you wanted to adopt that, and you're welcome to do that. There's no charge for that. Uh, another saying we had in our family that I was reminded of as I was sitting there uh, during the worship time is we used to say, great attitude, great latitude. That was another slogan in our family. If you have a good attitude, then you get to do lots of things. There's lots of latitude. Bad attitude, because attitude drives behavior. And so great attitude, great latitude. But this morning I want to talk about an attitude of gratitude from the book of Ruth chapter 2. Before we get started, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of something that you're grateful for this morning. Just nod if you can think of something you're grateful for. Okay, not something you're grateful for, everybody? Okay, you got something? Okay, I'm going to ask you to share some of those things here in a few minutes. So get ready, and you'll come and share those uh, as an act of worship, because when we're grateful, it's an act of worship. Let's read the word of the Lord, Acts, uh, Acts Ruth chapter 2, and uh, beginning at verse number 10. Now, by way of context, Ruth and Naomi, so Ruth and her mother-in-law Naomi have returned to Bethlehem, and uh, of course, Naomi is husbandless, as is Ruth. Ruth's a Moabite. She's out of her element in Bethlehem. And she goes to uh, kind of harvest the leftovers off the field of Boaz. And Boaz is very generous towards her. And here in this passage, we'll see three grateful hearts. Such a beautiful picture. Three grateful hearts. Ruth's grateful heart towards Boaz. Boaz has a grateful heart towards Ruth and Naomi towards Boaz. And so we see how this just enriches their lives uh, one to another because gratitude begets gratitude. So hear the word of the Lord. We're gonna begin at Ruth chapter two, verse number 10. Then she fell on her face, bowing on the ground, and said to him, this is Ruth speaking to Boaz, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel into the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out 
from some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about a epath of, par- of barley and she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law, this is Naomi, said, saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I have worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her, daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. This is God's word. Let me give you a definition for gratefulness, of being grateful, just so we set the compass as we start. To be grateful is to show or express thanks to another for kindness shown. And and it doesn't just uh, restrict itself to the immediate. Sometimes God's kindness comes to us, but the way that we act in gratitude to God's kindness is we're grateful to others. We live out a life of gratefulness. And I think gratefulness is different than thankfulness. Uh, Both should go hand in hand, but often thankfulness is an internal feeling, right? Where we, we sort of, we feel thankful. When it manifests itself and we actually respond and react and we reciprocate that thankfulness, we act out in gratitude. And I can remember, oh, about 25 or so years ago, uh, uh, some of you may know of this entertainer, Sammy Davis Jr. How many remember that guy? That's a you know, long, long past name. But by many, he was considered the greatest entertainer because he could act, he could sing, he could dance. And when Sammy Davis Jr. was celebrating 60 years in show business back in the 90s, he was, they decided to have a 60th celebration for him. It was broadcast on network television. All these stars came to celebrate with him. Sammy Davis at the time was dying of cancer. But they had all these stars come to celebrate Sammy Davis. One of those stars that came to celebrate him was the dancer Gregory Hines. And Gregory Hines got on the stage with Sammy there watching and all these stars, and Gregory danced for Sammy Davis. He was so grateful for what Sammy had done. Sammy had opened the door for black entertainers, for black song and dance men. He had worked against racism and segregation in nightclubs and entertainment venues. And Gregory Hines knew that and he was grateful for the path that he had uh, carved for him. So Gregory danced. And then he invited Sammy Davis up onto the stage. And Sammy, with his health diminished, he danced as well. But then Gregory Hines did something very interesting, an act of gratitude. He bent down and he kissed Sammy Davis's shoes. See, he manifested that thankfulness. It was such a powerful moment. Several people in the audience had tears streaming down their face when Hines kissed the shoes of Sammy Davis. That heart of gratitude. That's what we're talking about this morning. Let me give you some verses. Isaiah 63, 7. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion. 
Psalm 128.3, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Here's a great, grateful verse. Love this verse, Hebrews chapter 12, wonderful uh, chapter of scripture. Verse 28, therefore, let us be grateful. Listen to this, folks. This is, the, this is the crescendo. This is the high point of gratefulness. Therefore, let us be grateful receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Aren't you glad for that this morning? That the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. The only response to this reality that God has been so gracious to us and we respond in gratefulness is to worship God with reverence and awe. Uh, the famous stress researcher, a Canadian endocrine sale, did massive amounts of research uh, on stress. You ever feel stressed? Anybody feel stressed? Right? Okay. He did all kinds of research on that, and he claims that two attitudes, two emotions more than any two others, deal with stress, activate and rescind stress in our life. The most destructive emotion, what do you think the most destructive emotion is? Somebody said anger. Go one step farther. Revenge. Most destructive emotion. Isn't that interesting, eh? We talked about bitterness last week, right? You know what bitterness is? It's drinking a glass of poison and expecting the other person to die. Right? Revenge, number one. Guess what the second emotion is, okay, that helps deal with stress? You should know. Gratitude. Isn't that interesting? Gratitude. A grateful heart. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to acknowledge kindness and blessing this morning with gratitude. And we're going to do that with awe and reverence, I pray. Because often God's kindness comes through other people. We see this in the passage. So I'm going to give you some points from the text. We'll unpack those. Then I'm going to give you a chance to share your own gratefulness. So let me run through the points first with the references from our text. First thing I want you to notice in verse 10 is this. Be grateful for the blessings of unplanned people. Now, you probably have never thought about that maybe before. Be grateful for the blessings of unplanned people. Verse 10, right? Ruth falls on her face. She bows to the ground. She says, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice of me since I am a foreigner and, and you've treated me as one of your servants, but I'm not even one of your servants, but I'm just this person who kind of showed up. You know, six months earlier, Ruth had no interaction with Boaz nor Boaz with Ruth. They didn't even know each other. And one day, by the sovereign hand of God, he orchestrates that Ruth should end up harvesting the leftovers in the field of Boaz. Boaz didn't orchestrate that. Ruth didn't orchestrate that. God orchestrated that. And she shows up. Are we grateful when this kind of thing happens to us? When somebody just sort of shows up? Or do we feel like put upon or interrupted or, oh my goodness, Deuteronomy 28, 11, and you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you. Yeah, okay, I'm grateful for God. I'm grateful for everything he's done to us. And your house, yeah, God's been grateful to us. 
and the Levite and the sojourner. That's the foreigner. That's the person that just sort of shows up. Who is among you? Who is among you? Because sometimes this unplanned person could very well be a divine appointment that will bring tremendous richness to our lives. And in some cases, allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So be grateful for these unplanned people in your life. Ruth said, I am so grateful, Boaz, that you're grateful that I'm here. So let me ask you this, Temple. You know, is there some unplanned person that has entered into your life that you need to be grateful for? And demonstrate that to them in a very profound and very tangible way. The second thing I want you to be grateful about is this. Be grateful towards those who are carrying unique challenges that you are not. Let me just say that again. Be grateful towards those who are carrying unique challenges that you are not. We see that in verses 11 and 12. So often, you know, we can get frustrated, irritated, cynical towards people who seem broken, right? And they may come along and sort of drain our tanks. The reality is we're all broken, amen? We're all broken by sin. And I'm amazed and humbled for people who show massive amounts of courage and compassion and resilience in the face of huge obstacles. Ruth is carrying this burden of she's got a mother-in-law that's husbandless. She's husbandless. She feels she needs to take care of Naomi. Naomi has blessed her. So she gives up that which is familiar, her own family, her own place, and she goes to Bethlehem with all the challenges and all the obstacles that's going to bring. She shows tremendous resilience. She's carrying these unique challenges, and Boaz is grateful that she is there. And we should be grateful for those people who carry burdens that we do not. Empathetic, trying to understand and feel what they're going through. Trying to understand the burdens that they carry. And grateful, honoring those people who are carrying those burdens. I I have found people like that in my life strengthen me. They, They tend to center me back to what's important. They exemplify true Christianity when I see these people that are carrying burdens and they show courage and resilience and I need to be grateful for that. And they make this world a better place. I really believe that. What a week we've had, amen? Down in Texas, hard to imagine, isn't it? Hard to imagine. Neva Bravo. 10 years old. Jacqueline Cesara is nine years old. McKenna Elrod, 10 years old. Jose Flores, 10 years old. Eliana Garcia, 10 years old. Amory Garza, 10. Xavier Lopez, 10. JC Luvanos, 10. Tess Mata, 10. Miranda Mathis, 11. Alethea Ramirez, 10. Annabelle Rodriguez, 10. Mady Rodriguez, 10. Alexandria Lexi Rubio, 10. Layla Salazar, 11. Jayla Silguero, 10. Eliana Torres, 10. Rojillo Torres, 10. 
And then two teachers, Eva Morales, 48, and Irma Garcia, 44. And one of those ladies lost her husband. Did you hear about that? His heart was so crushed, he went home and had a massive heart attack. One of the husbands of one of the two teachers. And you read a list like that, and you go, wow, it's just overwhelming. Uh, Thursday night, I talked to a man. We were talking, he got quite emotional as we talked. He lives not far from here. His nephew is a police officer on that town's police force. He lives 50 miles from here. And so there's people that are carrying all kinds of burdens. And I have journeyed with families who've lost children. I've buried babies. I've had to go to houses when a suicide has taken place and when people are absolutely devastated and crushed. And I know that in every home there is some pain because in every heart there is some hurt. And so we should be grateful to those that are carrying burdens that we are not so that we can come alongside them and bless them and encourage them in whatever way we can. Amen? Amen. And you've got people in your neighborhood. Just because people have kids with straight teeth and straight A's and a new SUV in the driveway and a nice house doesn't mean that behind that front door there's not pain. And you can be the hands and feet of Jesus to those people in very, very tangible ways. Number three, let your gratefulness fuel your generosity. Let your gratefulness fuel your generosity. Look at verse 13 there. Ruth says, since I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I'm not one of your servants. And then look down to verse 16. Boaz says, hey, you know what? Not only let her glean from among the sheaves, but pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean. Don't rebuke her. I want to be generous. Let your gratefulness fuel your generosity. If, if you know of a really generous person, you know somebody that's really generous, I'm going to tell you that 9.9 times that generous person is also a grateful person. You cannot be an overly, overwhelmingly grateful person and not be generous. Right? You know, you know a friend of mine... <laughs> I always get, I get a kick out of this story. A friend of mine remembers when he was a kid and he was sitting in church, and he's an American. He was sitting in church and he was in church with his aunt and uncle. And the offering plate came down and his uncle, who was not really tuned into church, he, was, he sort of went because his wife wanted him to go. And the offering came down, he opened his wallet and he reached in and he pulled out, because all the American bills are the same color, he pulled out a $100 bill and put it in the offering plate. And she... And the, plate, and, and the wife said, you know, you put in 100. And he says, no, I put in 10. And, and she says, no, you put in 100. And he could see the offering plate getting away. <laughs> and he says, well, at least I'll get credit for the 100. And she goes, no, you only got credit for the 10. <laughs> right? You only got credit for the 10, because that's what you meant to do. But I just, I just love... I just love seeing 
grateful people exercise their generosity. And when I'm being it just when I'm being stingy, I just sometimes God just goes whomp and says, Steve, come on. You've got so much to be grateful about. When you're grateful, respond in tangible, generous ways. So let's be fueled by our gratefulness. Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, Temple family. We've only got a couple minutes, so don't just sit there. We've got two microphones. You've got something you're grateful for. I want you to come up and speak it into this microphone. Come on. Come on. Something you're grateful for, okay? Come on. Don't, no, we don't want any preaching. You know, just, I am grateful for, come on, come on, come on. You're not grateful? Are you a follower of Jesus? You got a lot to be grateful for. Okay, go ahead, sir. Um, I'm John. This is Nicole. When Nicole was about four to six months old, the doctor's down at the children's hospital, and there were four specialists working with her, and... Um, they got together and told us that, that Nicole would probably never walk or talk. These are world-class people at London Children's Hospital. And her geneticist is Vicki Sue, and she glows, happily glows math, and told us that she would probably never walk or talk. At some point, when she was sleeping, Jesus tapped her on the shoulder and said, get up and walk. Amen. And talk. We're grateful for Nicole. And she can talk. She can talk your ear off. It's wonderful. Every Sunday when I get here, she's always sitting out there. and it's Wonderful. Go ahead. Okay. Our world needs hope, right? Amen. Uh, March of 2019, I got a phone call at 11 o'clock at night, and my husband had had an incident, according to his boss. And then I received a phone call from London or from Sarnia Hospital, and David had an aneurysm. And the only thing I knew about aneurysms was that people don't survive them. So they sent him to London, and he was in the hospital for three months. He's here today, um, February of 2022, or 20. Uh, he had to have a 12-hour surgery because it had bubbled underneath where they had cold it, coiled it. Um, it. During that time when Dave was in the hospital, um, God gave me opportunity to share the gospel with people to pray with people, and I'm so thankful for how Jesus is the same today as he was when he Amen. walked this earth. And when we believe him, when we look to him, and we cry out to him, he hears us, and he does incredible things. I never asked why when that happened. I said, God, what are you wanting to do in and through us in this? And um, I'm just so grateful that God is in control. Amen, amen. Purpose in the pain, come on up. Um, I have two things, actually. I'm grateful for my children um, because they make me want to be a better person. Um, and I'm also grateful for God's healing powers um, because my stepfather was involved in an extremely serious accident on January 5th and almost died. Uh, he broke his neck, his back, his leg, his sternum, um, and he was on a ventilator for a number of days. Um, they were worried about pneumonia. When he was in the accident, he felt himself slipping away, and he prayed out to God to help him. And he felt himself being able to breathe again, and he now walks with minimal pain. Um, he is fully restored, and he'll be coming up the weekend that our new pastor is here to celebrate my son's birthday. Amen. Great, great story. Sir, we'll go to you. 
March 21st, I had bypass surgery. So I'm thankful for medicine and doctors and extremely thankful for prayers. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Come on up. You come right up here, beautiful. Come on. I want everybody to see how beautiful you are. Okay, here we go. I am thankful for my mom. Ah! Thank you, love. She just won the cute factor for the week. Okay, come on up, ladies. I am grateful for my dad coming home from Afghanistan after the 2002 friendly fire. He was on the phone with my mother when it happened, and the phone lines cut out. And we had other people on the same strip as us. We were living in Alberta at the time that also had husbands that were in the area when that had happened. So as soon as the phones were cut off, not even 10 minutes later, the van that brings the bad news was coming down our, our strip. So she watched, I was too young, but she watched terrified as the van was coming down her road. And fortunately it went past her house, but it, broke, it breaks my heart knowing that someone else on our strip that day lost a husband. So I'm very grateful for him coming home. Amen. Great story. And, and her dad is my son. So I'm very grateful. And I'm grateful for my, for my granddaughter coming to church with me. Amen. So are we. Yes, sir. Um, I'm very grateful that uh, recently, about one or two months ago, I could reunite with my girlfriend who moved to Serbia back in like October a couple years and we were just expecting for it to be like the long haul like wouldn't be able to be together again for like five or something years but just trusted God and he brought us back together um, a lot sooner than we thought so very grateful for that amen good story wonderful yes sir I am grateful for this church and all the many great people I met here and I am also grateful for Steve filling in for this You're welcome, Thank you. You're welcome. You all met my brother. <laughs> Thanks, that's very kind. Number four, let's go. Pray and thank you, everybody, for sharing those things. Don't we have so much to be grateful for? You know, one of the greatest evangelistic tools that you have is to share your gratefulness out in a broken, hurting world. You heard what one of our speakers said, our world needs hope. So share your gratefulness. Share your gratefulness. Pray and pay your gratefulness forward. Pray and pay your gratefulness forward. Naomi, verse 18, so she took it and she went into the city and she saw her mother-in-law, Naomi, right? And she brought out and gave her what food she had. She said, here's the leftovers from lunch and look at all this stuff that Boaz gave me. And Naomi, in verse 20, said to her daughter-in-law, look down there, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Now, remember back in chapter one, probably just days before that, remember Naomi is the one that said, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara because the Almighty has dealt very very bitterly with me. Remember that? What a change of heart that the gratefulness of, of Boaz through the gratefulness of Ruth now comes to Naomi and her heart is reinvigorated for the things of God and she is grateful again. Naomi experienced a reconnect with God in that moment through the gratitude of those two people. 
And can you pray that God would give you a grateful heart and then pray and pay that gratefulness forward as a blessing to someone else? God's goodness and kindness and his love and provision so very often comes through the hands of other people to us, doesn't it? How do you experience the goodness and love of God? I can tell you how I've experienced it because God's people have been so incredibly good to me in so many ways. Your gratefulness, listen church, your gratefulness can be someone else's hopefulness. So simple, so simple. Little poem, I don't know who wrote it. I have wept in the night for the shortness of sight that to somebody's need made me blind. But I never have yet felt a twinge of regret for being a little too kind. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Do we have a picture up there? Uh, I think we have a picture. Do we have a picture? We don't have a picture. We don't have a picture? No picture? Thank you, Lord. You sound younger than I would have thought. <laughs> it's okay. We don't need a picture. Uh, when I lived in South Carolina, <clears throat> there was a legend there uh, named Ben Scarden because he was associated with Clemson University. He was part of the class of 1938. He went on to be a colonel in the army and uh, was a beloved figure at Clemson University. And I just read that he died this past November at the age of 104. He was promoted to honorary brigadier general. Amazing story of Ben Scarden. Listen to this. Uh, back in 2019, at the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, they have uh, what's called the Baton Memorial Death March. And it's a raucous kind of celebratory affair. And they sound a cannon, and then 7,000 hard-charging and motivated athletes surge across the starting line into the New Mexican desert. And what it is, is it's a memorial march to remember the Baton Death March. It began in April 9th of 1942 when about 75,000 Filipino and U.S. soldiers had to surrender to Japanese forces. And the infamous 50 to 80 mile march was characterized by wide-ranging physical pain and death and everything. And so they celebrate that once a year down and they have this march. A after the 7,000 people start in, in uh, uh, just 19, excuse me, 2019, one man started after the 7,000. He was the only still living survivor of the actual death march from 1942, and it was Ben's garden. And of the 26 miles that they march, he only walks eight and a half because four months later in 2019, he turned 102. So he only walked eight and a half miles. And he walks, and you can look him up online just steadily as a tortoise, methodically, but he walks across that desolate sandy terrain because he wants to honor his brothers in arms who didn't return home from the wars. He was just a new captain. He earned two silver stars and four bronze stars for valor. He also got a purple heart. <clears throat> but he had to march that march 
He survived the march and then three years in the camps, but he became so ill with malaria and diarrhea and other things that two fellow schoolmates that had enlisted with him, Henry Leitner and Otis Morgan, kept him alive by spoon-feeding him and eventually traded his gold school ring for medicine to keep Ben Scarden alive. And he actually lived, but Henry and Otis would die there in the death camps. Ben says this, listen, my debt to Henry and Otis is heavy. It cannot be repaid. People ask me, how can you account for being alive when your best two friends are dead? And he said, I can't. But Ben Scarden is grateful. And that's why at 102 he walks and he inspires hundreds of others by his demonstrated gratitude. Gregory Hines went to visit Sammy Davis Jr. in his last days in hospital with cancer. And he had this wonderful visit with him. And he kissed him and walked to the door, knowing it was his final goodbye. He'd never see his song and dance hero again. And through his raspy, cancer-filled throat, Sammy called out to him, hey, And Gregory Hines turned to Sammy Davis. And Sammy Davis reached down. And knowing that he had had a privileged life and he'd had a blessed life and he achieved more than he could ever imagine, he reached down and he picked up an imaginary ball and he threw it to Gregory Hines. And he said, you go forward. I'm grateful. And now it's your turn. And friends, we must instill that kind of heart and thinking in a world that is riddled with entitlement. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Father God, we love you. Thank you for these great stories of gratitude this morning, how you've blessed these folks in so many unique and different ways. And and there's dozens of those stories in this room. Father, may we be like Naomi and Boaz and Ruth and extend the gratefulness to others. May we be generous with our gratefulness. May we be generous and grateful for unplanned people that come into our lives, knowing that that can be an opportunity to be hands and feet of Jesus. May we be grateful for people who are carrying burdens that we don't know and understand and love on them in the way that Jesus loves us unrelentingly, fully, sacrificially. And Father God, may we pay and pray forward our gratitude because you have been good to us. That doesn't mean our lives are without bumps and bruises, Lord, but we are a privileged people here this day. Father, we love you. We want you to hear that from our lips. We pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen and amen.